0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to our visitors today. Thank you so much for being here. Kendra, that was powerful and stirring. Thank you. That was beautiful. The title of our sermon this morning, our message is Love and Death. Love is in the air. Is it not this weekend, ladies and gentlemen? It is that grand holiday of love, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Why do we celebrate Valentine's Day? Well, the origin of this holiday is a little murky and mysterious. It has both Christian and Roman tradition in its history. The most recognized story that we have about it is behind the legend of one particular Saint, Valentine. There are three of them, by the way. Which takes us to early Christianity, to the 3rd century, under the reign of the Roman Emperor Claudius II, who had a very strange idea. His idea is that single men made better soldiers than married men, because they would be less inclined to want to go home and rekindle their flames of love, their relationships of love. He felt that single men were less distracted because they didn't have love, and they made better fighters. And so Claudius believed this so much that he banned marriage for all single men in his life. Soldiers' ranks. Well, enter Valentine, who was at what the t- at the time was a clergyman, and he believed that Claudius' decree was so unfair that he began to help soldiers marry their girlfriends, and he did this in secret, even to the risk of death. He was eventually caught. He was imprisoned, even tortured. But this is where the story and the legend gets really interesting. St. Valentine is said to have fallen in love when he was placed in prison, perhaps with his jailer's daughter. And he began to write this woman love letters, this woman who so gripped his heart. He began to write her valentines of love these messages the last letter that he wrote he actually signed it from your valentine an expression that is still used to this day he was beheaded they say that same day shortly thereafter so you could say that valentine died all for the sake of love Today, it is estimated that at Valentine's Day, in that time period, we spend over $1 billion in Valentine's cards alone. That's not including dinners and everything else. Just a billion bucks, even in Valentine's cards. Isn't it amazing how we are willing to go to great lengths, to great costs, even willing to risk life itself? For the sake of love. In my younger days of ministry, I stopped one morning while preaching the introduction to a sermon that was on Valentine's Day. And I went into the audience, and I got my wife, and I picked her up, and I planted a huge kiss right on her lips, right there in front of the congregation. I don't say that to be boastful. As a matter of fact, I didn't realize how much I was going to stir up some of the passion of the dear saints who were in attendance. No harm, no foul, well, almost a few heart attacks that took place that morning. But, you know, love has a tendency to move us in crazy directions, right? We do crazy things for love. Be thankful, by the way, that my wife is playing it safe at home with covid uh, during this time, otherwise you'd be at risk of having to witness such a public display of love sick craziness again. But not this morning. People do crazy things for love. Romantic love is especially potent, isn't it? I'd like to turn today to a special verse on a very special Sabbath that is all about love. As we finish our sermon series called Powerful Love, let's go to a book of the Bible that is extremely unique in that it is all about romantic love, and that is the Song of Solomon. Would you mind turning with me there? I'll have it on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you or on your phone. Song of Solomon. This is a a painting by an Italian artist by the name of Domenico Morelli in the early 1900s that I thought was nice, about this love affair. Song of Solomon is about a passionate love affair between two people, this Shulamite woman and an unnamed man, which most scholars believe was King Solomon. Go to Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, for that particular special passage. Song of Solomon chapter 8 verse 6 the Bible says this place me like a seal over your heart like a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death it's jealousy unyielding as the grave it burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame let me ask you, have you ever felt this flame of love in your life? Have you ever noticed that built into our DNA there just seems to be this ability to have this deep, strong, passionate blaze of feelings that suddenly ignite within us? It happens, doesn't it? Have you ever had to fan yourself at some point, maybe, when seeing an object of uh, love. It happens, doesn't it? This love really is like a blazing fire. It's like a mighty flame sometimes. The New King James Version actually translated, translates the second part here at the very end as a most vehement flame. We don't quite understand it. It just happens. Something inside of us resonates and connects with this kind of romantic, passionate love that is so strong that it is willing to stand in the face of anything, any challenge, even death itself. Love and death. Could there be a more fascinating connection than these two things? The greatest stories in the world... The ones that are most remembered, those that are most celebrated are usually the ones that connect love and death, right? I mean, even fictional tales, you know, love of country uh, can make someone want to die, uh, love of truth, but there's something about romantic love and death that seems to make the most compelling and most gripping tales again whether they're factual or not think about one fictional tale by there's the flame of love romeo and juliet by shakespeare will never be forgotten by anyone right who hears this powerful story because you know two young people passionately in love feel like that they cannot escape death because they have families that would never allow them to be together, and so they face death together in this tragedy that strikes a chord when you read it and you hear it. People are willing to cross giant chasms all for the sake of love. One of the things that I love about the Bible is that it inspires men and women and inspires us to greater links, to an even more exciting, adventurous, challenging life than our most recognizable societal norms do. Yes, romantic love and tales of tragic death inspire the world, but the Bible challenges us to always face death without backing down in a romantic love relationship. What do I mean? Well, in the context of a marriage relationship, Christians celebrate a passionate love relationship that is hopefully as hot as the Song of Solomon portrays. Now, if you want to read something steamy this Valentine's Day, open up Song of Solomon and read it through because it actually is quite steamy. When our passions are stirred up, when we are willing to walk through walls and stare death in the face for the one we love, this is what marriage in a Christian context is calling us to do. The world sees that we are to face challenges for love, But Christians see that God is calling us to do this consistently, even facing death consistently through a marriage relationship, even when erotic passion doesn't seem to be so fired up in marriage. We are called by God to still walk through walls and stare death in the face all for the sake of of love with the spouse song of solomon says again 8 verse 6 love is as strong as death yes jesus talks about it even further in the context of marriage let's go now to matthew chapter 19 3 to 6 here's what jesus has to say in this context it says some pharisees came to him to test him and they asked Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Divorce was happening then. Divorce still happens today. So they asked him, is it okay? have it you ready, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore... Jesus says, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Jesus responds to these Pharisees' questions about divorce, and he reminds everyone that what God has joined together in marriage, the ideal is that no one would be able to separate it. Now follow the logic here. If Jesus is saying that not a person, no person should separate this marriage, then what is the only thing that could separate it then, outside of people? Of course, it would be death. This kind of a committed relationship to death has proven over and over again to be the most fulfilling, the most celebrated, the most revered, the most cherished, by those who are in these relationships and by those who witness these relationships happening. This is a picture of some grandparents with their young grandchildren. My wife's grandfather died on Valentine's Day six years ago tomorrow. He and his wife were married over 65 years I didn't put their picture up because I don't want to get emotional. But, you know, their marriage wasn't perfect, but their marriage meant something very deep to the both of them, and it meant everything, everything to all of the family who got a chance to be around their marriage and witness it and be a part of it. Yes, a person can pursue romantic relationship after romantic relationship, one passionate love affair after another without committing. But after time, over time, too often they are left with this overwhelming feeling of loneliness and oftentimes regret. It's no surprise that this happens all the time. I mean, so many travel that road of looking To sustain passion through different relationships. But the Bible is calling us to see how passionate, however, a sustained and committed relationship can be. And again, when polled by the masses, I think the majority would say it's even hotter, it's even more passionate. And much more amazing to stay committed to a single person over the course of a lifetime. This is a bold and brave adventure, ladies and gentlemen. One that is ready to take on anything and everything. Yes, Romeo and Juliet are remembered because they faced an untimely death together. But those who commit to a marriage relationship are saying to their chosen sweetheart, I am willing to face death with you, my love, no matter how soon or how late we have to face it. In some ways, Romeo and Juliet took the easy road, though, didn't they? I mean, they committed to not facing those challenges that were before them. They took the easy way out. Christians in the Christian context of marriage, are willing to face challenges, not escape them. Marriage rates in the United States are half of what they used to be in the 1960s. There's a little grid about that up there. Maybe people are fearful of having their marriages or a marriage obliterated, obliterated tragically by something other than death, and so they 're choosing simply not to commit. People can just walk away from us in marriage right you can 't we cannot control other people. By the way, is it okay not to marry absolutely it 's okay not to marry. Jesus said so himself after presenting To the Pharisees, this idea of marriage being a committed relationship until death. Listen to the discussion now with Jesus' disciples that followed that. It was in Matthew chapter 19, just a few verses later, verses 10 through 12. The disciples then said to him, If this is the situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept this. If a person desires to be single for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus even says they should accept that. But those who do choose to commit in a relationship to marriage, which is the biblical context for a romantic relationship, then they are being challenged by God today to be willing to face death itself together. This is why marriage vows always contain the idea, till death do us part. This is true love, love that is as strong as death. Jesus broadens the concept of love and death when he says in John chapter 15, verse 13, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is a fantastically beautiful concept and one that I think that really resonates with all of us. We hear that and we think, yes, there's something beautiful there. That's good. God's call for commitment until death and marriage is reflected in this statement, but this statement is also applicable to all people in that it is a call to be willing to lay down our own lives for the sake of other people. Even to the point of death, to demonstrate love. And many have been willing to do this. There are wonderful stories that we could read about this. I would like to mention one for the sake of what we're talking about. I found this on ListVerse. This is a website that is a publication that says it uncovers hidden gems of human knowledge. And I think it uncovered a great story here. And John Robert Fox. They recount the story by saying, I'm going to read it, World War II was undoubtedly filled with many brave soldiers who put their lives on the line to save their comrades. While we might sadly never hear of their acts of bravery, we do know the story of Lieutenant John Robert Fox. The 29-year-old GI served in Somma Colonia, which is a mountain village in Italy, which was subject to brutal fighting between the United States and German Forces. On Christmas Day, the U.S. forces had gained control of the picturesque town with members of Fox's unit kindly handing out cheese and chocolates to villagers. But the next day, the German counterattack began in the early hours of the morning, as expected. As Fox was an artillery spotter, his role required him to radio coordinates in to inform the units where to deliver their payloads. As the Germans' attack was severe, the U.S. unit was forced to retreat. Hiding in his lookout position on the second floor of a house, he used the radio to contact his unit to request that artillery fire be directed at the village. This would provide the troops with enough time to retreat. When the artillery officer stated, Fox, that will be on you he reportedly replied simply, fire it. His sacrifice provided necessary cover for all those retreating soldiers which allowed the U.S. unit to regroup and then go back in and reclaim Soma Colonia just a few days later. In asking his military unit to fire it, he sacrificed his own life for the sake of saving all of his friends. Jesus said, this is the greatest love that we can show, and he himself was willing to demonstrate it. And in John chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus called all of us his friends. He says it there. He calls us friends. He gave himself up for us, his friends, in that he was willing to be arrested to be tried, to be crucified. He was willing to die as a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And he didn't have to die that way, did he? He was equipped with all the power necessary that he needed to save himself. As a matter of fact, when they came to the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest him, he only spoke one word and all of the soldiers fell down before him. Do you remember that? Jesus had all kinds of power. The other parts of the gospel talk about how he could hide himself in plain sight, yet he willingly gave himself up. He willingly laid down his own life for his friends. Let me ask you this morning, for those who are married, is your marriage today a power struggle? Would you be willing To lay your life down, your agenda aside, for the sake of your friend, your spouse, today. John Robert Fox, countless others have given up their lives for their friends. They have sacrificed their lives, and they were celebrated. Maybe you've gone great lengths in your relationship. Maybe you've sacrificed a great deal to show sacrificial love. Wonderful. But would you or anyone that you know sacrifice their life for someone they didn't love? Even more, would you or anyone that you know sacrifice their lives or sacrifice hardly anything at all for someone who is considered to be your enemy? That's insane, isn't it? It doesn't make sense to do that. Who would do that? God does that. In closing, Jesus didn't just die for His friends. He also died for His enemies. This is a painting that pictures friends and enemies of Christianity throughout the centuries. Jesus died equally for all. The Bible says this in Romans 5. As you look at the picture, I'll read it to you. Verses 8 to 10. But God demonstrates his love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved From God's wrath through him. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? His life is the answer. His life in us is the answer. Who is willing today to die to self to gain his life and his love within What kind of love is this that Jesus showed A love that would be willing to stare death in the face for even an enemy this is the greatest love story that could ever be told in the history of all the ages and he's asking us to partner with him to help continue to tell that wonderful story every day by asking him to live in us and let his love blaze within us in song of solomon chapter 8 verse 6 it says love burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame the love that is pointed to here in Song of Solomon 8.6 is believed to be the amazing, miraculous, bewildering love of God, our maker, through our Savior Jesus Christ. That Hebrew word translated mighty flame or vehement flame actually is a unique, extremely peculiar word, scholars tell us. It can actually be translated as the mighty flame of God. Why? Because it has the word Yah in it, intertwined. Scholars believe this particular peculiar word must have something to do with the peculiar, amazing, head-scratching love of our mighty God. And just as John Robert Fox said, fire it to save his friends and fellow soldiers alive. Jesus Christ today is asking us to fire it. He's asking us to fire his amazing, powerful love into our hearts so that everyone can be encouraged today that we encounter. Let's fire his love into our marriages, our romantic relationships, even if maybe they include everything but romance today. God is calling us to unite with him and be willing to let his love fill us and in turn rekindle that flame in our marriages. Let your marriage or your upcoming marriage one day model the commitment of love that God is calling us to partner with in him for the sake of a dying world. Jesus is calling us today to fire it. Let his love fill us and spill over, out of us, into the hearts of the people that we are around. Yes, even our enemies. Because everyone needs love and everyone is facing death. God's love for us was committed to death. And God calls us to do the same. Matter of fact, he calls us to join him in dying to self. I'm crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. God's love conquers death. And his love in us can become a mighty flame. His love and his death can ignite love and eternal life for anyone who truly desires it today. Oh, brother, oh, sister. Do you believe today in God's powerful love? Do you want it, really want it, in your life today? Say yes to Him. Say yes to win. And His powerful, fiery love will begin. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's pray. Great Father in heaven, Lord, your love is amazing. It rages with a greater fire that we could even begin to comprehend. But Lord, there's something stirring inside of us right now. This connection of love and death. Lord, I pray that you will let it play out in all of its beauty in our own lives. That we would be willing to die to self And to accept the death that you have died for us as well. All so that we can live and love others. So that they can have eternal life in the presence of your love forevermore. Bless us, Lord. We all have fallen short. Lord, let your love just rage within us. For our marriages and for everyone. Bless us to this end today. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. I want to encourage you to grab a book if you're a visitor or brought a visitor today as you leave. And there is a Great Harvest Bread Company cookie you don't want to miss for everyone. Grab it on your way out. Thank you all.